Can I just say that all week I was brainstorming new ways to say hello? <laughs> that would be like cool. I was like, bonjour. <laughs> I was like, every time it's just been like, hi Louise, hi Meg. Like, if you start with bonjour, bonjour, <laughs> bonjour, <laughs> I'd like instantly unsubscribe. <laughs> We lose all listenership in a second. What do you have against French? Jesus. It's more against you. <laughs> I to be French. Welcome back, Meg. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? God. How has your week been? Great. I'm been dying to hear about your holiday. It was amazing. Tell me everything. Um, actually, I have the... <laughs> The funniest story. Okay. So we flew into Cairns mm-hmm. and then we were spending one night in Cairns and then we were going straight to Port Douglas for mm-hmm. the rest of the trip. Yeah. And when we were booking, because in Port Douglas we stayed in quite a nice resort, when we were booking Cairns, we decided just to get like a really cheap hotel for the one night. Right. Oh my God. Was it trash? It was the worst experience. I'm not even kidding. When you pull up and there's that instant disappointment. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, battling through it in my head. And my partner was like, it's okay. It's just one night. Yeah. And then we literally <laughs> checked in. And as we were getting our key and going to walk away, there was another lady at the counter who'd come from her room. And she was like, um, excuse me, there's mold on my sheets. Oh, gross. <laughs> Oh, it was literally so traumatizing. I, Did like, you stay there? Yeah, we just because it was like we went to Fitzroy Island for the day. So by the time we got back, we were like a little bit sunburned, exhausted. We what did you think up of early. Fitzroy? It was nice. I well, also full disclosure, we didn't take a towel, so we just had to walk <gasps> around everywhere. During <laughs> so it was a little bit uncomfortable. That is the most Louise thing I've ever heard. It was definitely really, really nice, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't rate it that highly. Yeah, to be it's completely just like honest. a beach, right? Like, and it's shelly. Like you couldn't even sit on it. Yeah, like, I know. I... It's so hard on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that nudie beach. That's yeah. like it was rated. I think in twenty seventeen, Australia's yeah. top beach. Yeah. Yeah, we probably wouldn't rate it that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're spoiled for choice as true. Like particularly as Australians, but also like as Queenslanders, because we're so used to nice beaches. Absolutely. And I think like the one K hike on the way there really oh, ruled it. Yeah. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> but other than that, it was really great. It was so relaxing. Yeah. Um yeah, just I think a really well needed break. Yeah. But I was definitely smacked in the face with reality. Like Half an hour after we landed, oh. I went to get in my car, and my car was oh. completely cooked. Oh, God. And I had to take it straight to the mechanic. Oh, so. God. That was just, like, the universe being like, lol, sorry, bitch. Yeah, literally. Welcome back. You didn't spend enough money. Go yeah. to the mechanic. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> um, how was your reef tour, though? Was that good? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. So we, yeah, left um, out of Port Douglas. They were so amazing. We saw so many fish. And mm. then on the last spot, we'd been, like, wanting to see sharks the whole entire time. And Jackson and I were swimming out to, like, the left away from everyone because they were doing little tours. Mm-hmm. And we literally saw a shark and it was just the two of us swimming with the shark. We were trying to yell at everyone to tell them that the shark was over there. Oh, my God. So it was literally just, like, us two swimming. Was it a reef shark? Like, not too big? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, like, a little baby one. Yeah. Okay, I was trying to exaggerate the story. <laughs> Sorry, when we when we went great white. when we went 
we saw a, I saw a reef shark too and I like um, um, motioned to my partner and I was like oh my god and t- like he turned and saw it and swam the other way like so fast <laughs> he was like nope anyway enough about me how was your week yeah pretty good I don't have anything super interesting to report just a busy work week mm-hmm. um also researching uh how to do a podcast <laughs> Who would have thought? Episode three, we start research. <laughs> yeah, it's really something I've learned is if you want to do something, maybe like look up how to do it. <laughs> but that's so, that's like so me though. Like I'm such a fly by this. Is it the fly by the seat of your plant, pants? Yeah. Is that how you say But I kind of don't get the saying. At the same well, point. I guess it's like you're just using what you have. Fly by the seat of your pants. I really hope I'm that. really mulling I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, like, I just, I'm just such a gung-ho, like, just do it, figure it out later kind of gal. Yeah. But yeah, we really should have researched how to, like, use the microphones. <laughs> or, you know, like, anything would have been good, other than just turning them on and hoping for the best. I love our confidence, though. Like, yeah. I and Mike can just, you know, hit the ground running. Fuck yeah. We're just like, let's just do the thing. <laughs> Back again with another week of content. Uh, we both uh, watched Britney vs. Spears this week, didn't we? Yes. Which is the new documentary on Netflix about, obviously, Britney Spears. Um, did you watch the other one that aired on Channel 9 that was no. like Free Britney or something? I can't remember what it was called. No. Okay. No. I, I have to, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on the Netflix one, but initially I have to say it was quite similar to that one. Oh. Like, they interviewed some of the same people. It took a slightly different skew in that that other documentary talked a lot more about how Britney was portrayed in the media and how, like, Justin Timberlake made her look like shit and, like, she cheated on him and, like, they really made her out to be the um, bad guy in the story, which is, like, not remotely accurate. Um, So that talked a lot more about, like, that side of things, whereas this documentary really just focuses on the conservatorship and the process of it coming about and talking to the lawyers and, like, where we're at now. But, yeah, what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I did it. I've been watching, like, the Free Britney movement on socials, but I didn't watch that other doco. I was kind of the whole episode, I was waiting for them to show the iconic her shaving her hair. Yeah. And I was actually pleasantly surprised they didn't do it. They because didn't show I, it at all. Well, I guess it's kind of glorifying that like mental breakdown. Right. So I, I think it was very strategic that they didn't yeah. show that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the one thing that annoyed me a little bit throughout was that the people they spoke to, like the Aiden guy. Mm. No, Aiden? Adrian? The, the voiceover of the ex-boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's really interesting that these people were coming to light in support of her, but in the in the time when they were kind of dropped from, from her cohort or were kind of, like, edged out, they didn't really do anything at the time. Yeah. I just thought that was super interesting. And, again, obviously we don't know the full story, so mm. they could have been doing things behind the scenes or whatever. But just thought that was super interesting especially the guy they featured towards the end who she had befriended who was that journo or the cinematographer yes yeah. yeah yeah well he talked on he touched on that didn't he he said like i wish i'd done more at the time mm. i guess who i i do think that first of all no one had ever really heard of a conservatorship before mm, so true. i think people might not have and like i didn't until i read up on it 
even really understood what it meant. And to them, she would have just been this huge celebrity that felt like she had some restriction. Like, I just don't think that they probably knew what was really going on. Yeah, Because that's she true. literally wasn't allowed to talk about it. And also, they were employed by the estate, which was controlled by Jamie Spears. So they probably were a little fearful of what that meant for them. Well, I guess, yeah, someone who's mega rich with all this power, like, I know, I wouldn't want to go up against them, so I definitely sympathise with that. Yeah. But I guess I also, Brittany does come out in the end when she's in her court case and she says, I've been silenced and yeah. I've lied to the world. Exactly. So I guess there is that, you know, she yeah. was hiding the, the magnitude of it from everyone. It's oh, so awful. Like, that ending where they were playing the recording in court was, I guess, so freeing to hear her finally speak out but what a colossal fuck up just the level of control and it's like it's fraud almost like they were completely manipulating and taking control of her entire life for their benefit and the fact that pretty much the whole thing is driven by money Mm. is so gross like what a poor girl that your own father would do that to you especially when you they literally run the figures of how much money she was making and you just think it's kind of like when you think of those like monkeys in cages in third world countries like that's literally what you think of when you see she was just a cash cow well when yeah when she was when she was talking about um that she didn't want to do that last Europe tour that she did. Yeah. But they literally threatened that she would lose custody of her children if she didn't. Like, it, it, I, I honestly find it a little hard to comprehend. So true. That that's actually what happened to her. It's just crazy. And for, what was it, 13 years? Yeah. That's, that's nuts. But how ironic is it that we watched this the same week that yes. the conservatorship was broken? Yeah, Jamie Spears has come out saying that he wants to remove himself and he recommends the ending of the conservatorship. Have they actually ruled... Has the court ruled the end of it, though? I believe so, oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Thank God. Jesus. So insane. I just... I couldn't help. It was funny. I was thinking about last night how we were talking last time about with COVID, we feel like we've lost a bit of, like, time. I wonder how different her life would have been without this conservatorship because... For sure. She's lost so many pivotal years of her career because Mm -hmm. of the control of this thing. And then she was forced to do this redemption story and this comeback that wasn't authentic to her. It wasn't what she wanted to do. And then she again had to like close and go away because she was dealing with all this legal stuff. Like, cause for me, I don't know how you feel, but like Britney Spears was huge growing up. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, around, I'm guessing when the conservatorship came out, it was like, she dropped off the face of the planet And whenever I think of Britney Spears, I don't think of her as this, like, modern day figure. No, It's almost as if, like, she existed a hundred years ago. Because it's like, she's not in the present. I don't feel like she's out there making music and in the 21st century. I almost feel like she is a figure from many, many years ago. Well, her Vegas shows that she's been running for the past however long. Yeah. Are they, is that new, like, new music? No, I think she does old, old songs. Wow. That's interesting. But it it, like that's the thing. Like you could technically I could have seen Britney Spears perform, but that's not something I actually feel like is 
feasible. I just don't see her and me in the same timeline. Yeah. Which I don't know if that sounds really weird, but because of this legal fight, obviously, and her, like, kind of coming and going, and, like, she was this young, beautiful superstar, and then she disappeared had her crisis, mm-hmm. and then she came back, and it's like, I just, she's just totally different person. It's also, I find it so interesting when you hear the tapes of her in the doco, mm. she sounds so childlike. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. There's almost, like, this desperation in all, like, in her voice every time she speaks. It's, mm-hmm. it's really sad. I was really um, surprised by how eloquent her court statement was, though. Yeah? I thought that she sounded... Quite like she obviously had thought about it. And yeah, she knew. I think she knew how to get her message across to be heard. Yeah, and was clearly saying like because also I don't know how much you've looked at her Instagram, and I feel hesitant saying this, but she looks a bit crazy on her Instagram. Absolutely. So and again, I I think that's why I kind of see her as this like not real life figure because it's a little bit like dramatized and strange and like there's clearly stuff going on. Well, do you remember it must have been like last year when she was on Instagram on an Instagram live and she was talking about how she accidentally burned her kitchen down. Yes, her gym. Her gym, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Like, yeah, just... I know. And lots of things that she says get used as like memes and TikToks because they're just so abstract and kind of yeah. weird. So then hearing her speak in court very eloquently and like switched on I guess was like I haven't heard her speak like that Mm. in 10 years I guess well it's like yeah 13 years in the making for her to say what she wanted to say crazy I just hope to god this is like it for her and she's Mm -hmm. finally gonna get out of this thing it's just fucked I'm curious to see once she's on the other side of everything to do with these legal matters if she makes a comeback in her own right in the way she wants to. I really hope she does, like, a full tell-all documentary yeah. where it's, like, her to the camera. Because even the people they interviewed, like, her former assistant, every question it was like, oh, sorry, I'm not going to talk about mm. that. Oh, I'm not going to sorry. Also, how bizarre was the geriatric psychiatrist? Oh, my God. And he was not forthcoming at all. Weird. That guy's done some shady shit, that's Absolutely. for sure. And signing off on these court documents saying that she's medically, like, unstable when clearly he didn't actually he basically said like he's not going to confirm he's ever met her he literally said unless you find a document where i can like confirm that's my signature i will not acknowledge what you're talking about it's just shady shady shit but why would he even agree to do the interview the whole time i know like it's just weird that's what i found really bizarre is what what did they think they were getting out what did he think he was going to say and what questions did he think he was going to get? Yeah. Like, he would have been better off just not agreeing to do that. I thought it was all very bizarre. Absolutely. But no, overall, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was a well-researched, interesting take, especially because, you know, one of the journalists was Mm. involved with the story. Um, So, yeah. A good watch. I would recommend. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. So even called... if you don't even care about, you know, yeah. the whole Free Britney, I think it was just an interesting insight. That's the thing. Like, I love watching documentaries on pretty much anything. I really? just think it's a great medium. It's cool. Like, you, I think it's a really digestible way to get, like, a lot of information at once that's explained really well and clearly. Because we've talked about this is, like, there's so much information in the world. Yeah. And when you're researching a topic, 
there's a lot of conflicting information and fake news and whatever. Yeah. And I feel like a documentary is a really like simple way to understand a story. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. So that's Britney vs. Spears. Yeah, exactly. What else have you been watching this week? Um, I mean, truth be told, I am not a reality TV watcher by uh-huh. any means. Yeah. And I somehow got sucked into The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, really? And I, I don't know what it is. I'm obsessed with it. Really? It's... Is it the first time you've watched it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've watched every, like all the seasons now and I'm what? up to date. <laughs> when did you start not, this? Not in the past week. Oh, God. I was <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. When My did holiday you was really holiday? exciting. <laughs> She's in the water with the sharks watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, gosh. Oh. Um, but I think I'm really loving the latest season because of the whole Erica Girardi legal issue. Yeah, her husband's... He's being sued for... Well, he's being prosecuted for um, embezzling money away yep. from victims. Yeah. Because he's like a really icon- iconic lawyer. Yeah. he was. I've heard a little bit about this. I haven't watched it. Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy. And it's... It's really interesting. I always liked Erica, the character, not the character, but the woman throughout all the series. But now that... The wife? Yeah, she's the wife. So obviously she's not talking about anything to do with him, but she's, she left him. And then like the day later, it all come out in the press that, you know, he was going to be prosecuted for this and all that money was being seized and rah, rah, rah. So I think the whole, this whole season has been the other housewives kind of being like, did you know what was happening? Yeah. Did you not? But they're all a little bit scared of her, so no one's really confronting her. Anyway, I would definitely recommend it. I'm, yeah. I'm sucked in. I feel like I've heard, like, about the story. Um, I haven't watched it, but I feel like it's, like, one of those situations where don't ask, don't tell. Like, yeah. she obviously... She's married to a really rich guy. She, she doesn't feel herself involved in his financial decisions, I'm sure. Yeah. He probably had a lot of business decisions and whatever, whatever going on. I'm sure she was probably aware of some shady shit, but I doubt she was complicit and involved in any of those decisions. Well, that's kind of what she's saying. She yeah. she was always saying everything was on a credit card. Yeah. I didn't even, like, I would never have cash. Like, I would just you know, I had no involvement. She said she had houses that, you know, her name was on that she didn't even know she owned. Oh, wow. To that. So they're like, you know, the extremely wealthy. Like, yeah. these people are crazy. Can you imagine? Whereas I'm like, where's that $5? <laughs> Tom, did you put a coffee on our joint card? I did not authorize that. Um, okay, interesting. Real Housewives, huh? Yes. And my next recommendation would be Sally Rooney's new book, Beautiful World, Where Are You? Mm-hmm. So full disclosure, I'm literally only about a third of the way through, but she is the author of the really famous book, Normal People, yep. um, and Conversations with Friends. Yep. So Normal People obviously then got turned into a TV, uh, TV show last year, I think. Yeah, I love that. So good. So I was dying to read her book. So far, so good. Um, Again, it's, you know, typical Sally Rooney style. It's, you know, a love story. So stay tuned. I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, But yeah, that's kind of me. I have... um, I've, like, watched a lot of stuff, normal stuff that people would be watching, obviously, season three of Sex Education. I do love that show. I love that, like, they somehow manage to fit in every relevant relationship breakdown you possibly can without it feeling forced. Forced! Like, I just Mm -hmm. cannot believe the amount of different, you know, gendered, sexual, non-sexual friendship 
parenting relationships that they manage to talk about. Absolutely. With it feeling very authentic and like believable. Can I compare this? Because I agree with you 100% to the new Gossip Girl remake. Oh, yes. Where I feel like it is so forced yes. and they're trying to be so 2021 totally. and it drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. Whereas sex education kills it. I totally agree. I watched the Gossip Girl reboot too. I Like, it was fine. It's definitely a totally different show yeah. to the Gossip Girl original. Um, I would say, like, I enjoyed it. It was, like, a nice, like... Easy watch. Easy watch, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I appreciate that they did dive into some more inclusive, diverse relationships. But yeah, sex ed is just I think because it's almost it it it's obviously a comedy. Like they're almost taking the piss out of these diverse relationships that it works. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Like they're not taking themselves seriously by yeah. doing it. So that normalizes it. And it's like they try and like just explore it very organically. Yeah. Like, you know, am I this or yeah. am I that? It's not it's not so forced. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Who's your favourite character? Um probably the mum. Yeah, she's amazing. Or the goat in the news. The goat. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Eric. I think he's so oh, funny. Yeah. His reactions to like anything that anyone does is hilarious. He's amazing. Um and also Adam in the new season. Oh, he's so Bless sweet. his soul. He, what a character development that guy has had. Like from the first True. season being kind of the bully and going through, you know, being a straight man and the developments of that. And then mm-hmm. now being like very in love with Eric. Brilliant. Like just a sweet soul. I really didn't see that coming. And entering his dog into a dog show. I know! Oh my god! More that was the cutest thing ever! And his mom is just so sweet. Yeah, Sex Ed. Great. Really great show. Mm-hmm. I think it's... It really is what's missing. Because that lack of... I mean, and this is literally what they talk about in the show. Is like teaching abstinence and control versus educating people. Mm-hmm. And how when you educate people, there's less STI cases there's less unwanted pregnancies like it's crazy the different takes and they did such a good job of displaying and talking about that yeah i agree 100 percent. anyway so yeah i've watched season three of that um and then um so i have a bit of a different recommendation this week actually i'm going to recommend a spotify playlist love this okay what is it yeah so you know in the i think it was the first episode we were talking about how much we love wallowing in self-pity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I discovered this playlist on Spotify called Bath Songs to Relax. And it is the perfect sad playlist. Really? Yeah, it's just such a great combination. Of really epic, like, reflective songs. And, like, I love listening to it in my car or in the shower. And it's it's just, it's really that, like, makes you think. And just be sad. And I love it. Is it weird that I picture you in the bathtub with, you know, like the condensation on the <laughs> thing? Like drawing on the... Drawing a love heart or a sad face. <laughs> like a broken heart or something crying. <laughs> no, it's so good. I'm literally obsessed. I've listened to it like every single day. Can you give me like a hint of what sort of song would be on there? Oh, God. Um, I'm just going to do a live search. Sorry. Pause with me for a second. <laughs> 
it's a it's a good mix of songs. Um, so for example, there's like some James Arthur, some Harry Styles. Um, there's a song I'm obsessed with called "All I Want" by Codaline. And, like, the fray, how to yes. save a life. Like, okay. It's a good mix of, like, old, classic, sad songs, but then, like, newer, like, not necessarily sad songs, but just, like, chill, make you just sit in your feels kind of songs. I like it. Yeah. Perfect for the bath. Exactly. <laughs> or the shower. <laughs> Alrighty, let's crack on to good news, bad news for the week. I yes. feel like there's been so much going on in the media <sighs> between NRL grand finals, COVID, obviously heaps of like, you know, political things going on. Yes. Um, Gladys resigning. Yeah. Crazy. It's been a big week. It has. Um, well, uh, I'm going to start with. Are we starting with good news? Wow. We're really mixing it up today. How did I Yolo. let you do that? <laughs> you cheeky bugger. Sneaky edit the duck. <laughs> um, so my good news story this week uh, is actually about three teenage boys who invented um, a website called COVID Base AU, which is a data tracking website. Um, so basically the faces behind the data website are Jack, Darcy, and Wesley. And they announced this week that they were the faces behind the website on the day that they got their Moderna vaccines, which is really cool. Oh, cool. cool. Because they're teenagers. They're, yes. So they're 14... What? ...years old. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. 12 to 14 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they designed this whole website themselves, built it, the whole thing, and they basically said that... You know, the government releases data in all sorts of different places, in all sorts of different formats. So they began collecting all this data and then put it together to display it in a way that was really accessible and easy to understand. Oh my god, kids these days are fucking crazy. I know! Isn't that crazy? So yeah, basically they have a website and then they have um, associated um, social pages as well. And it tracks the number of cases, vaccination rates, tests taken and the source of infection. And just displays it in a really like easy to wa- easy to digest, um, easy easy to understand way, which is just so cool. And teens are just very impressive sometimes. I'm pretty sure at 14 I was doing like lung busters in my pool. <laughs> What's a lung buster? You know, when you hold your breath for as long as you can, to see how far you can go. <laughs> People call that a lung buster? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is that a rocky thing? I don't know if I made that up or not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought this was really cool. And what a great display of young guys like putting their skills to something really important and like what an initiative and I kind of love the fact that no one knew who was behind this and then the day they got their vaccine they were like it's us we're teenagers but yeah such a good news story of um young kids kicking ass and doing something cool I love that good on them what's uh what's your good news for this week Mine is actually um, from Women's Health, and the article says there will be no more W-League as APL announces rebrand for A-Leagues. So um, Australia's top men's and women's football tournaments will both be known as the A-League as part of the national rebranding of the sport. 
That's crazy. That's so great. Literally. So it's going to be a worldwide first, which is crazy. And it's a combination of, it's a combined title for the men's and women's football teams. That's awesome. And when I say football, I mean soccer. Yeah, okay. Like round, not oval. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for that visual. I really needed it. Um, So I think that's pretty cool. I'm not a big soccer watcher so Mm -hmm. I'm keen to see what that actually means and if they actually have men and women on the field versus like an all men's team from somewhere else or vice versa the inequality in sport is just horrific like the I mean the fact that most sports televised are male sports Mm -hmm. well the Olympics was the perfect example of yeah the women Olympians being paid less than the men. Yes, I know. And and any sport, really. I, I, I mean, I haven't done a lot of research into this, but I don't know any sport where the women are paid as much as the men are. That's crazy. And, you know, obviously tomorrow, as we said, NRL Grand Final, it's a men's sport. Mm-hmm. State of origin, men's sport, basketball. I had this same discussion with my partner recently and he was kind of not arguing against it, but he was giving me a different perspective and he was saying it's interesting because obviously the sports make the money from ticket sales. Yeah. And, you know, if the audience is largely men, yeah, they're, you know, more inclined to watch a men's sport, which I guess in its own right is yeah. a little bit weird. So he kind of argued that side with me, which, you know, I acknowledge, but it's still still random i mean i, I don't, don't know about it. you but i don't even hear about women's sports playing no well it's usually like at the nrl for example they will often do the women's game and then like the main mm. event is at 7 p.m or totally whatever. yeah so you know you get a few crowds in but yeah it's just right it's so strange and yeah. they often have to then work a job as mm. well as doing that whereas like the men's a league typically only only play yeah and get paid to do it yeah and get sponsorships and all that stuff yeah, hopefully we'll see some change in that. But, I mean, look, I guess this is a good thing. Mm. Stay tuned. How good. Um, well, my other news story this week is a little good and bad, I suppose. Um, and I'm sure most people have heard about this. And it's something we touched on briefly with last week's discussion around Gabby Petito and Sabina Nessa. But um, you would have seen that Wayne Cousins, the cop who admitted to kidnapping, raping and murdering Sarah Evelyn, uh was arrested and charged and sentenced to life in prison. This is so crazy. So when I first heard about this story, I didn't realise that he even kidnapped her. Mm. I thought it was a woman attacked on the streets. Yeah, same. So this whole thing has blown my mind. It has. I mean, at the time, the the sentiment or the vo- the messaging around this was she was just walking home. Mm-hmm. And this um, conviction, I guess, has shown us that she wasn't just walking home. She was falsely arrested by a cop. And it was a much more med- premeditated situation than anyone had realised. And I think like it scares me to my core that a man in a police, I mean, he wasn't in uniform, but he had his badge and his belt and his gun on him, stopped her, accusing her of breaking some kind of COVID rule. Oh my God. Put her in the back of his car. Like, at what point would you, like, would I have done the same thing? I don't know. I feel like it's that, like, authority figure. I yeah. I feel like I 100% would have. Yeah. Like, I would have just saw that badge and froze. Yeah. Or, you know, just 
did whatever they said. And why why wouldn't you, I suppose? Like, they are supposed to be the authority figure, the people that look out for you. Like, if you're in a crisis, who do you call? The police. Yeah. Why would you question that? So, this is just... She had no hope in hell, honestly. Mm. It's just fucking awful. Um, so, if anyone didn't happen to hear about this, um, Sarah was a 33-year-old... A woman from London who was walking home from a friend's house um, at around 9, 10 p.m. Um, at the time of when it all happened, they thought that she kind of just killed probably nearby. But as we said this week, it's come out that she was falsely arrested, basically, and taken away in a car where he drove her for, I think, like, 40 minutes to an hour oh away. I, I can't even begin to imagine at what point she realised he wasn't, yeah. you know, a real cop or whatever and that this was something more gruesome, more, you know, scary. I uh, Horrifying. Horrifying. It's super interesting. Since we just started discussing this, we kind of looked into it and we've come across a few articles. Um, one in particular said, experts fear, fear Wayne Cousins must have struck before as police urged to look at unsolved murders. Yeah. And this comes off the back of a really famous criminologist stating this was so premeditated yeah. that it couldn't have been the first time he'd done it. Totally. They've got CCTV footage of him buying you know, like duct tape and bleach and petrol and all oh, this stuff. God. Oh, it's just so gross. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to be this meticulous and thought out. And like, mm. clearly he was being predatory, waiting for a victim. Well, yeah, they said he was literally doing the same circle on camera, just waiting to find. Oh, that's so horrifying. Victim. What a sliding doors moment for her, you know, I'm sure that's, if she had left five minutes earlier or five minutes later, like, it's just scary to think about things like that. I always think about if you were hearing about this and you think, oh my god, I was walking along that street that same night. Like, imagine what would be going totally. through your head, like, sliding your moment. That could have been me if I didn't stop and get... Exactly. You know, and, again, and I think, and this is what people talked about at the time, was, like, she did everything right. Mm -hmm. She texted her boyfriend to say, I'm walking home now, I'll be home in 40 minutes... She walked in a, a well-lit path mm -hmm. and walked past places that had CCTV footage that could track where her movements were. She was wearing, like, a bright coloured jumper. You know, she did everything right, and yet this is still what happens. It's so sad. It's, yeah, it, this is really devastating. But I guess that's why we said it's a good and bad situation. Um, it's comforting to hear that he will serve life in prison for this and, you know justice has been served in that sense. And I read this is the harshest punishment ever served out for this crime. Oh, Correct? really? Yeah, because he's going to, like, die in prison. Wow. Well, I guess, I mean, that's some solace. He's not out on the streets. Mm -hmm. So many people get let go of horrible crimes like this. I mean, and, and as we were talking about last week as well, the initial stages of violence against women you know for example nick drummond who punched that woman in the face you know yeah. he was let go um so it's nice to see that they are actually convicting people of stuff it's, it's a, a good thing in that sense it's a it's a wake-up call totally sure. yeah <laughs> So 
what's your bad news this week, Lou? Mine is from Shock Horror Daily Mail. The article reads, Inside Mia Favola's history of dating rising AFL stars, how Fev's model stepdaughter, 21, was linked to two other players before her split. I hate this so much. Like, why? Who cares? One, she's 21. Yeah. Like, leave the poor girl alone. <laughs> it's not her fault that she's in the spotlight. Yeah. Everyone has a like, type, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and what are they... Like, expect her yeah. father comes from that world. Yeah. Obviously, she's around those sorts of people all the fucking time. Absolutely. Like, get a life. It's so... Uh, fine. There is so much other more important things, like, we've just been talking about mm-hmm. to be writing a story about who actually gives a shit if she's dated three people who happen to have the same profession. And, like, what about people who date businessmen or yeah. financial people or... Doctors, like, come like on. blonde hair. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, what is the matter with this? Oh, it's just gross. It's And it's so, and you really don't see the same in reverse. Like, what about mm. footy players who play, who date mo- only models? Yeah. How often do you hear a story about that? Ex- Fucking never. Exactly. Who cares? I, I really think, like, the linchpin for me here is her age. Like, she's 21. I Like, why is she being put under this sort of, like, speculation? I just think it's really cruel. It's so gross. And, yeah, it must be... I mean, I can't imagine reading an article about myself at that age, so... Go for the footy players, babe. Yeah. Why not? Anyway, moving right along from the news, we've been touching on some pretty heavy stuff. Um, yeah. Let's touch on some lighter stuff. Let's let's spotlight our creators who we've found. Yes. So my creator this week is um, an Instagram uh, influencer slash stylist and journo called Annabelle Falco. She is... Why? What's that face? This is so weird and I guarantee we did not plan this. I'm obsessed with Annabelle. Oh, really? So Annabelle Falco is a journalist and stylist and mum. And she's quite prominent in the Brisbane fashion style uh, media industry, I suppose. She writes for a lot of good publications. She's also an ambassador for Queen Street Mall, which if anyone doesn't know Brisbane, that's like one of our main shopping precincts in the city. But she's just... I mean, obviously she's a stylist, so she just has the most exceptional style. She has a lot of good content that she puts up about styling advice and, you know, Mm -hmm. how she pairs things together and she captures a lot of what she's wearing throughout the week. And obviously because, again, she's an ambassador for a lot of different um, shopping precincts, she gets invited to Fashion Week and stuff. So she's really good to follow when she's going to a lot of different events and um, get a, a perspective of, you know, that world, which we don't get to see. Uh, personally yeah um so yeah Annabelle Falco I really love her content her style is very I would say timeless yeah I I don't see her being as like particularly trend based lots of like blazers and I think she always says her trends come in her accessories yeah which I like which is good because it's like they're things that you can wear in different ways and they're not, I guess, like staples that you would have for a long time and those investment pieces. So that makes sense. 
one thing I love that she does is when she is talking to camera about an outfit and styling, you know, like a belt over the top, she says, you know, if you're this shape, you should position it here. Yeah. Or if, you know, you're like larger in the hips, like do it this way or only wear ver- vertical stripes or whatever it is. So she kind of styles the same outfit to suit different body shapes. I love that. I'm obsessed with. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, check her out. Annabella Falco. Who have you got? Um, mine is another local, um, creator. Her name is Sophie Bell, aka Pepper Heart. So I came across, um, Sophie's Instagram, I think because I clicked on her house. Okay. She has this gorgeous house in like the Gold Coast hinterland that she hires out for photo shoots. Oh, wow. So I found the house and then in turn found her, but it turns out she's got her own creative studio. Um, and just her, her, I guess from her house to her style, to her family, to, you know, her business, everything is so on brand, but so organic. I love it. I think my love stems mainly from her house, to be completely honest. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's so cool. They've built it themselves. Um, but yeah, I just think she's really brilliant. She spotlights, I guess, the balance between, you know, having a family and having a business, which I really like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just really love her and I would definitely recommend you guys check her out. Um, her Instagram is Pepperheart H A R T. Awesome. So go check her out. And we'll uh, put all of this information in our show notes so that you can go and follow these very cool women. All right. Well, it's time for our final segment, which is our Women of the Week. Uh, If you're a new listener, we are a podcast that likes to talk about women's issues and highlight cool chicks doing cool things. So each week we finish with a woman a week and highlight someone cool who's doing good stuff. So I believe you have one for us this week, Louise. Yeah. And I just wanted to start this off with a little disclosure. Uh, okay. So essentially what we're spotlighting this week is Julia Bishop's campaign for Froctober, which I thought was brilliant. It was excellent. I did just want to highlight though her, she's an ex-politician. So whatever her political stance was, we're not, we're not highlighting that today. We are only highlighting this campaign in particular. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, she donned this epic ombre pink red orange gown on a lithium mine oh wow um and for anyone who doesn't know what frocktober is it's uh the month is dedicated to you know frocking up to raise awareness for ovarian cancer so yeah it was a really cool campaign she's obviously on a mine site in this like you know, gown that you would expect to see on a red carpet. She's got these pink um, steel cap boots on. Oh my god, I love she, that. Yeah, she really rocked it. And I really liked that the dress was by an Adelaide designer as oh, well. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so really cool campaign for a really cool cause. Um, I thought it was really great and it definitely, yeah, broke a few headlines. That's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Louise. Thanks, Meg. Thanks for stopping by. I'm really excited that we hopefully nailed the audio this week. I hope so too. But um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in for our third episode. Like we've said a million times, we're new to this, so we appreciate your kindness and your patience as we figure it out. 
But yeah. I hope you guys got some great content recommendations and some creators from this episode. Yeah. And as I said, we'll be linking everything that we've chatted about today and all our recommendations in the show notes. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at the Hysterical Feminist Podcast, where we do a little wrap up most weeks of uh, some of our recommendations and send you some funny videos and stuff. So give us a follow. Uh, we really appreciate it. And don't forget to reach out if you guys have any recommendations on who we should be spotlighting. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.